Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed.
From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this episode is Questions of the Force. Our wonderful listeners have questions, and we will try to have answers. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsack. I love trying to answer, but really, it's just <laughs> me thinking aloud. And you all have some great questions today. Yeah, absolutely. So we want to dive into this. We are in full Star Wars celebration fever. It is coming so soon. So we want to get these questions out. We're sneaking in some Kenobi ones because soon the television show will have the answers and that will be great. As always, we want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. We are staying in Kenobi fever mode for our recommendation. We're recommending Brotherhood by Mike Chen. It is a Kenobi and Anakin adventure at the dawn of the Clone Wars. If you haven't checked it out yet and you want to uh, you can download this free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash force center again that's audibletrial.com slash force center for this free audiobook you can listen to brotherhood and then you can listen to our discussion all about the big ideas and the fun star wars adventure all right ken are you ready for some questions i'm absolutely ready here we go Excellent. Uh, our first two are from Twitter. Our second from our patrons on Patreon. We go first to Twitter and Paul Kreischer. Paul says, with Natalie Portman starring in Thor, colon, love and thunder soon, any shot for a small cameo in Kenobi? Uh, what are you thinking as Kenobi gets ever closer as we hear all these interviews from the people involved, uh, the Ewan McGregor Hayden uh, prequel love fest tour that they've been on? Uh, do you, does your mind turn to Natalie Portman? Uh, it does. It does. I've been a fan of Natalie Borden for so long, so I, I absolutely uh, I can't wait to see Lo- Thor Love and Thunder. It, but the question is, any shot for a small cameo in Kenobi? There's always a chance. There's always a chance. There's always hope, especially in Star Wars. I, I just don't think that's going to happen, but I really do think we're going to get some mentions, and I really think that's an important thing. Uh, I, I think, uh, uh, you've said this, so I want to take uh, the words uh, out of your mouth, Joseph, but I think <laughs> You know, one of the big criticisms of Rise of Skywalker that we might have personally here for Center is, hey, where's Padme? Don't forget Padme. A little, little bit of an important character in Star Wars. Uh, so I, the, just the mention of her will, will, will suffice right now. It's, it's the question of down the line, getting her back in the Star Wars vibe. There was talk, I, I think we've, talk, we've talked about it before here, of uh, she was going to be at one of the conventions um, but uh, I think she was pregnant at the time. It couldn't make the trip or something like that. So I don't think she's opposed. It would be fun. A flashback, especially when they shot the show. Maybe it's a flashback cameo surprise. And it's and it's Padme lifting weights because she might have been getting ready for Thor <laughs> at the time. Um, she's, she's looking uh, great there uh, hitting that gym. So uh, that's uh, overall, I, I, I want any any mention will count as a cameo for me. There's a, a ton of great thoughts there, Ken, in, in a great visual of, yeah, Natalie Portman's going to be in Kenobi, but she needs to be de-aged and digitally de-gunned. Uh, <laughs> she can't quite have that big of biceps. <laughs> uh, there's a lot going on with uh, with special effects uh, these yeah. days. Uh, anyway, yeah, no, I, I love how much people have been excited about Natalie Portman's, you know, return to Thor, Love and Thunder, obviously in those first two Thor movies and then not being as involved. So then returning in this big, uh, exciting, prominent way to the MCU, I, I can really see why people's minds go to uh, this is this is similar. She was involved with a big pop culture uh, genre, you know, uh, franchise and then left and then came back. So could it happen with Star Wars as well? Totally get that. Um, I think for me, 
from from everything that I've ever heard Natalie Portman say in interviews, I, I don't think it is about franchise or blockbuster being no goes necessarily of like, mm-hmm. but what's the story? What's the character? What's my schedule? You know, what's yeah. the weight? What's the meaning? Is the role good? That kind of thing. Um, so I think it's uh, totally possible that she would appear in some way. You know, mm-hmm. I think that, uh, you know, in a flashback or um, or a vision, a fantasy of Vader's, um, there's that great Mike Chen story in the uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view where Vader is sort of fantasizing about he's still very powerful. He's still on the dark side and, and dominates and controls, but he's not scarred and Padme is still with him. Like this, mm-hmm. you know, bonkers fantasy. Um, it would be amazing to see, uh, you know, Natalie Portman in, in a little fantasy scene like that. Um, I don't know. I mean, if I had to bet, <laughs> if I had to put money, I'd probably say no. I think maybe something would have bubbled out if she actually filmed something. Um, but I think for me, I go to what you're saying is more about the presence of the character as much as I would love to see a, a newly shot scene of Natalie Portman as Padme, even if it's a, a flashback or a vision. I think the more important thing to me is that her presence is felt uh, that she's spoken about in this story. Um, yeah. Rise of Skywalker did such a great job of kind of uh, being a, a, a tribute to and an honor to all of the, the big players of the Skywalker saga that that was one of my criticisms. I felt like, you know, there should have been some way to give a nod toward, toward Padme. I would have really liked that as a fan, but in the Kenobi show, <laughs> yeah. when Anakin's love for her curdled into a need to possess her, a fear of, of losing her, to the point where he did things in order to keep her that she would never ever ask him or want him to do uh, that she, she uh, not she, I guess, but rather Anakin's feelings about her so central to his fall. How could that not be part of it? And then as we've highlighted before, you know, the fact that Padme's last words to (laughs) Obi-Wan while he's holding her child is there's, there's still good in him. Right. Um, how how can we not have that acknowledged? Um, I would be surprised if that was not alluded to in some way. Uh, so I think that Padme is going to have a presence in the show. I hope Padme is going to have a presence in the show. And that is ultimately more important to me than did did Natalie Portman and her... Uh, <laughs> Her de-emphasized uh, digital guns, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> arm muscles, yeah. uh, 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 physically, uh, you know, shoot yeah. something new. As cool as it would be, I'm more concerned about the presence of the character, Padme. Yeah, right, right there with you on that. And, and I think we're in, a, we're in an era now. Uh, the, 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 the legacy of, of Leia is always going to be there, and it's always going to be up for wonderful exploration on what that character means to different generations and will continue to mean. That's the power of Leia. I I definitely think E.K. Johnson's novels, the love of the Clone Wars, different generations, the the love of Padme is not uh, subtle out there. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's so many fans, but I would love to see that explored little bit more even say a docuseries or docu you know the power of padme the legacy of padme i i really want to know more and more about her effect on the generation of fans that discovered her first mm-hmm. uh, and, and really explore that and, and and so that leads back to what you and i are talking about of natalie Portman. sure i love that i uh, love her to show on up um drinking some blue protein milk <laughs> oh sorry we're making another the weight lift. 
very proud. I want I want Natalie's guns right now. I'm I'm hitting the Natalie. You know what I mean? But that aside, I, I you're right. It's the character on the on, on the live action stage, the big screen stage, whatever. I want to see the character mentioned, explored, celebrated by the other characters in Star Wars. I'll start there and we'll build out from that. Yeah. And I think as other people have, you know, I think rightly pointed out, Padme's, um, her legacy is important, not just in the real world, <laughs> yeah. uh, but to the characters. And I think the Kenobi show is not the last shot at at having Padme, a presence of Padme be really felt in perhaps even a flashback that Natalie Portman, you know, chooses uh, mm-hmm. to do, I think is on the table for me for Ahsoka, right? Uh, we just had this article about, you know, is Hayden in it or not? <laughs> or that was one of the things discussed in Vanity Fair is, is Hayden in the, the uh, Ahsoka show or not? It is a question mark officially uh, right now. But knowing that, you know, Ahsoka is going on a, a journey uh, where she is maybe trying to reconcile everything that happened, that she had a personal relationship to Padme that means something to her that isn't just about Anakin, uh, that she yeah. might be interacting with uh, Luke since they're perfecting <laughs> um, yeah. the, the the CGI there. Um, and if we ever do get kind of that campfire scene where, where Ahsoka spills to Luke what he needs to know about his father, uh, he might want to know about his mom too. Yeah, absolutely. And if he, if he yeah. doesn't want to know, you bet you better ask Luke. I'm going to be there to <laughs> wag my finger. Make sure you ask. Yeah, I had a mother. Maybe Luke just doesn't know that's how things work. <laughs> he doesn't. Hey, Obi Wan didn't teach him everything there. He didn't <laughs> Obi Wan, why didn't you tell me how babies are made? <laughs> uh, yeah, a little yeah. bit of joking. Don't want to be too jokey about the serious subject of Padme yeah. and uh, Natalie Portman returning. It would be great. Any other thoughts before we move on? Uh, it would be great. I hope we're kind of wrong we didn't put down hard you know predictions here yes or no we, we both kind of think may, maybe no as far as appearing i hope we're wrong i hope we're wrong i would be thrilled to be wrong mm-hmm. uh, I, I look forward to it um yes. so we're gonna move on from a lot of great natalie portman and pad may discussion to just owen town we got two great owen questions so i figured why not we're gonna take the one from twitter then we'll take a quick break and then we will continue our owen talk but uh first we're going to tony poyer uh and tony says after watching the trailer for kenobi i'm now wondering just what and how much does owen know about anakin obi-wan padme at all he seems pretty anti-obi-wan for someone who thinks his stepbrother he barely knew got killed because of someone else he doesn't know at all thanks uh, this, I think, is a, a, an ongoing question of exactly yeah. what Owen's knowledge level is. It is certainly implied by New Hope that he has some opinions on Luke's uh, father. Um, it's uh, pretty clear, I think, in some of the Marvel comics that he's he's got that he knows the basic story. Um, mm-hmm. There, I was looking up. There's some other quotes that's that are from a. Um, a foreign produced web series that I'd never heard of before that came up from Force Awakens that was sort of like a look at the original trilogy through Luke's eyes that's got some quotes from Owen. So I think the general canon has been that Owen does kind of know the story, but I think there's still kind of room to play with, you know, (laughs) the classic question, what did Owen know and when did he know it? How do you feel about just that part of it? What is Owen's knowledge level? I, number one, truly, we, I, we might really get this answer. I'm excited. And hearing you even pitch this question, Joseph, I'm like, oh, man, we might just know. And that is fun for me uh, as someone who has found himself an Owen fan 
which is great, but like I never spent a lot of time thinking about Uncle Owen as I, you know, in the last few months, I've spent a lot of time thinking about Uncle Owen and what he knows. I think, here's what I say, Jess. I think he knows almost everything. Maybe not the Darth Vader of it all. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe that's a big thing. And we've already heard some stuff about uh, that. Who has that knowledge going into the show? But I think he knows a ton because kind of why wouldn't you? Um, are you just going to be like, oh, that Je- a Jedi's here? We're, we got a kid now. All right, let's do it. Let's protect the legacy of Shmi, you, something you and I have talked about a lot and we think is important. Uh, let's continue that. Anakin was in it is that I, I think I think he and Baru know everything because that's why it's so important and that's why they're so protective and that's why he's so grumpy about it and that's why um, we'll talk more about that in the second half of the show. But I, I think that's where I go. Knows a lot. Yeah, I think he knows. By A New Hope, I think he knows pretty much the big story. I think we're getting new things fleshed out. There was that uh, quote in the Kathleen Kennedy Vanity Fair one-on-one interview about uh, what Obi-Wan thinks happened at at the point of the that the show begins. Uh, you know, the show's going to come out and we're going to get those answers. Uh, but I do kind of like just Revenge of the Sith era. Obi-Wan drops Luke off. Um, I think there'd be some questions <laughs> mm-hmm. and I think it, to me it feels like if they stay true to kind of some of the stuff that's that's in the comics that um that Obi-Wan would have just been honest of like you know he he uh he made some really bad choices he became really dangerous and I had to stop him and Luke needs someone to look over him right and yeah. you really and then, then we get into the, if Owen knows that much, if Obi-Wan was just honest and said that much, right? And it, it maybe it's later information for Owen that, oh, uh, Obi-Wan didn't kill him. He's still alive and he's this, this monster terrorizing the galaxy. Great. That, that only makes me double down <laughs> on yeah. keeping Luke down on the farm if Owen gets that part of the story later. Uh, but let's dive into the second part of, of Tony's question of really like, why does Owen feel as much anger toward Obi-Wan as he does since he didn't have a long relationship with Anakin. He doesn't know Obi-Wan. Um, why would he be so anti-Obi-Wan? Where do you go with that? This might be where I think uh, they did have a sit-down dinner, maybe. Oh, come on over. Baru will make some Ronto. We got some blue milk. And maybe Obi-Wan's honest. Maybe he tells the story. And maybe it's like, so, that you, so you did this. So you did this. Maybe there's some thoughts on that of, of what happened. What happened from the time he left here when, when me and Baru were just dating to now? Like, what happened? And, and if you if Kenobi had a, a part in that, and if he is understandably protective of, of Luke, again, go into this 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 Shmi connection, which is, is something I, I think uh, you've been right to point out a lot, Joseph, that I'm really behind you on and really it, it's the thing we love here at Force Center of don't forget her in this equation. And as her, as she relates to Brew and Owen, mm-hmm. um, that's there. That's a real po- important person to them and it's an important person to Star Wars. So if anything, if all that around that, and we've, we've got the, 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 the we got Shmi's legacy here. We're protecting Shmi's legacy. What did you do? Uh, I, I think that can start uh, a lot of dare we say, misunderstandings between Owen and Kenobi. Yeah. I, I think that's re- really what it's about. I think that his opinion about Anakin, and for me, it isn't about like, yeah, he, he, he didn't know him uh, very long, but he knew that he existed, right? He lived yeah. with that for a long time. So I, I think it is one of those uh, tip of the iceberg storytelling where you, you try to put yourself in Owen's shoes where 
you know, whatever happened to Owen's real mom, <laughs> yeah. something happened there. And then his dad, Klieg, uh, frees and marries this wonderful woman, Shmi. And they live together happily for many years with the knowledge that her son ran off to have some wild adventure instead of staying here and mm-hmm. staying with family. And then this guy, this fancy Jedi with all his powers, comes buzzing in and saves his mom, saves, in quote quotation marks, uh, tries mm-hmm. to save his mom too late. So I think you can imagine Owen Simmering, like, the kid never should have left. He went off chasing some mm-hmm. fantasy adventure out in the galaxy, making other, trying to solve other people's problems instead of staying here and protecting his mom and being with his mom. And I think there's almost got to be some pain and resentment to Anakin choosing to leave to begin with when he was a kid. And then the brief time he meets him, he doesn't just meet Anakin. uh, He meets Padme and they are this couple. And I think from Owen's uh, perspective of like, stay here, uh, settle down. Why do you make, got to make everything, everybody else's problems. And, you know, it, 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 it is a little fast, but it does line up with what Obi-Wan talks about in A New Hope that, it, here Anakin is at his mom's grave and this Obi-Wan Kenobi calls and Anakin's just got to go running. <laughs> mm. And I think from Owen's perspective is like, well, you shouldn't have left to begin with. Yeah. You protect your family. Uh, you know, 26 men died or people died trying to mm. save Shmi. <laughs> 30 yeah. of us went out, four of us came back. My dad lost his leg. That's what you do. You protect yeah. the people you, you love. And instead you, you, you got this nice woman that you seem to love, Padme. She seems like a great person. And you both just go running off when this Obi-Wan Kenobi, whoever the hell he is, yeah. <laughs> says. So Owen's got all these like uh, ideas yeah. like that. And then a couple of years later, here comes Obi-Wan going, yeah, Anakin did rush off and it didn't turn out at all good. And could you raise this son that you're, of course, going to love because it's Shmi's grandson? Yeah. Well, so imagine, I think, yeah, yeah just yeah. a final comment. I, I think it yeah. just, it. I don't think it's about personally knowing Obi-Wan. I think it's that Obi-Wan is a symbol of that larger galaxy that mm-hmm. to Owen is pointlessly dangerous, you know, that people choose to make other people's problems more important than keeping their family safe. And that's not who Owen is. Yeah, maybe at times to a fault. Uh, you, we, we know how where that where that kind of string kind of plays out with him. Yeah, I, th- I think there's so much. I love the the spirit of follow Obi Wan in some damn idealistic fool crusade. Damn, you know, it really does connect to the attack of the clones energy more than anything, right? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where you're going with that. I love that idea. And yeah, and again, imagine I'm having fun, kind of like head cannony conversations. I, I don't want the humor to undercut the point here either. But yeah, Owen coming back. Here's the kid. I'll, 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 let me catch you up on some things. And Owen kind of and Baru going, hey, so what's this empire we're hearing about? <laughs> what's going on with that? Where's Anakin? And Owen having explained, or excuse me, Kenobi having explained any of that and why I'm here and why I'm not running around like a Jedi. And why I'm now, our, my Jedi robes really do mean I'm a farmer and other. Um, and I'm just going to switch into this nice blue pant combo I got going over here. <laughs> You know, just imagine, yeah, you're right. And, and for, for Owen and Baru, don't want to cut Baru out of this occasion, but, the, you know, but, but Owen is, uh, is the harder edged one on this, on this issue, as we see in the famous New Hope conversation. Um, and Baru clearly knows a lot too. And they just have different ways of looking at it. Uh, I, I think um, that's a big Star Wars theme, right? Fear, mm-hmm. fear or hope. How are you going to look at the situation? Baru might have a little bit more hope. Owen, maybe rightfully, but has a little bit more fear. 
yeah, I don't ultimately agree with Owen because I think he is mm-hmm. coming more from a place of of fear than hope. But I also find it incredibly human and incredibly yeah. understandable. I mean, to, to put it in like short comic terms, I think uh, Owen is is the kind of guy who says like, "Don't do that. You're going to shoot your eye out." <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Obi Wan comes back with Luke. He's like, "You shot your eye out, didn't you? I told you." <laughs> It's my dad's old thing. Does it hurt when you do that? Yeah, then don't do that. Stop doing it. <laughs> exactly. Owen, everyone's grumpy uh, paternal figure. Uh, any other thoughts on that uh, question before we take a break and talk about Owen Lars even more? Uh, yeah, no, I got to stop because I'm starting to bleed over into that uh, wonderful uh, discussion we're going to have here. So uh, good, good to go. Excellent. Great question, Tony. Thank you. This is so much fun. And I think we're going to get to dive into and learn really what Owen knows and what he feels and why I think in a lot more uh, information and storytelling to pile into this great question. So thank you for that. Uh, We are going to be back in just a more minute here on Owen Center. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And we are back to continue our discussion of all things Star Wars, but mostly Kenobi and uh, Owen Lars right now. We'll be discussing some other things as well, but we're going to go to a question from one of our patrons on Patreon, Michael Cham. Uh, Michael says, do y'all think that Owen may have shot himself in the foot by being as tight-lipped as he was about Anakin, unintentionally mystifying him in Luke's eyes and making Luke much hungrier, hungrier to know about his dad? How might things have been different had he just told him your father was talented and could be very caring and kind, but he also hurt a lot of people and it destroyed him and answered Luke's questions as best as he could without giving the game away. Now, uh, this is just, uh, I'm not a parent, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I'd say that's that's some great parenting uh, advice there from, from Michael. Uh, where do you go with this? Look, I'm going to go real personal to start. You never really know. Uh, every day, a girl born in the 70s, raised in the 80s. So every day, my parents woke me up, sat me down and said, just say no. Just say no. All right. Nancy's saying, we got to say this. You're going to say this. And you, you know what I've never done to this day? Not counting alcohol. I've never done a drug in my life. Never. <laughs> I went, okay, you got it. My sister, same house, down the hall, different room. By uh, seventh grade, there was uh, a lot of experimentation going on. All right. I, I, it's, it's, uh, yeah, you're not a parent. I'm not a parent. Uh, we'll call up Jennifer. She might, uh, balance this out, especially now that she's got two kids herself. Now you just never really know. Damned if you do, damned if you don't, obviously. Yeah. Based on what we we're saying before the break, I, I, I do think I'm going to take this question is Owen knows a lot. And I think everything Michael's saying here is, is, is I, I really like it. I, I think, I, I think I would have loved a little bit more open and honest dialogue going on between them. It, it might've, uh, helped uh, uh, change Luke's uh, perspective on on the mysterious, uh, you know, spice uh, freighter navigator that his father was. Uh, but again, I go to this idea of, of Owen's position, and, and, you, and, and you and I both agree, he ends up, I, I think he's too protective, he's too based in fear, um, but I think it's a righteous and earned protectiveness, depending on how much he does know, depending on just what's happened by the time we see him in New Hope in the last 19 years, it's a long time. We're only going to see a slice of it. Some of the comic flashbacks have taken to some of the dangers um, that aren't even about the Sith and the dark side. Just, you know, the Tatooine itself is pretty dangerous. You got to keep Luke mm-hmm. uh, going strong in that. So I think he, he, there's a righteous uh, protectiveness, uh, a righteously earned protectiveness from Owen. Um, but I do, I do like this idea of going, hey, we need to let you know a little bit why you want to run off to be a warrior. Um, yeah, maybe could have been a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think it'd be great to see, you know, uh, any storytelling we get with Baru, either in the Kenobi series or even right. uh, more in the publishing side of things, books or comics. I mean, Baru seems like this sort of uh, loving, tender presence. I think, you know, Luke has this just kind of uh, e- even though he stumbles and, uh, you know, get is so much like his father he's headstrong and uh, almost leans into attachment as a fear and rushes Mm -hmm. forward and almost gives into anger but he's got this core good 
heart. And I think he got just like a ton of love uh, from mm-hmm. Brew and in his own way from Owen. But to me, Owen seems like a character um, that was definitely crafted <laughs> uh, by a man George Lucas's age <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that a, a long string of father figures and, and even Owen being kind of molded out of this Western frontier vibe of the you protect your families you have just a a ferocious heart to keep them safe but Mm. the emotions are locked deep inside in a box (laughs) and this this great measured thoughtful emotional uh uh you know, dialogue that that um, Michael has written here uh, for Owen of your father was talented and could be very caring and kind, but he also hurt a lot of people and it destroyed him. Is like, I think Owen thinks those kind of things, but I think he's the kind of character who doesn't have those words, you know? Yeah. That, ha- nope, it's uh, your father, uh, he got himself hurt and he hurt a lot of people and I want to keep you safe and... I'm going to push a little too far in, in the other direction that, that, you know, safety means never doing anything, you know? Yeah. Um, and that, that kind of stoic parenting, yeah. <laughs> particularly uh, from uh, stereotypes of what, what masculinity should be that I think are still present, but we're certainly e- even more present in older generations. Yeah. To me, Owen's just really a symbol of that, of, you know, um, you, you spoke personally, I'll speak personally too. Uh, my dad is a natural artist, has this great big beating, caring heart. And it, I've watched him grow and grow and grow over the years because he wasn't taught this kind of language. He wasn't mm-hmm. taught to think or speak like that. So he didn't know what to do with those feelings. As a kid, I, I knew he loved me and I felt it. And he'd say like, I love you, kiddo. Uh, yeah. But he he kind of like, I had like a weird kind of, you know, just a normal kid questioning things a lot. I can't remember how old I was, maybe like 10. And, and my dad told me he loved me. And I was just like, but why? It's not because he's like, yeah. you didn't get to know me. You didn't pick loving me. You have to. I was just born and I'm your son. So now you have to love me, right? And I'll never forget the look on his face. of just like, I have no idea what the hell to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh but now after years and years of, you know, of, of evolution and of looking at what did my, my dad looks at, what did my father teach me? What did he not say to me? Mm-hmm. Um, what do I want to pass on to my kids? Yeah. Like he made a point of telling me that he loved me because his father didn't, but he's had to grow to be able to find the words in the language to express it with more nuance. And mm-hmm. I think that's part of the reason this, this Owen story is so compelling. Yeah. That he clearly loves Luke. He's clearly fears for Luke, and I don't think he has the language to handle it very well. Oh, that's well said. First of all, I love that story. I love that your great podcast uh, question started young, and that you've just had <laughs> great insight into the why of things. That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I think it's it's definitely there. I, I, I've thought of Owen in this way, but this is I've never thought of it specifically as. You know, dare I say, greatest generation dad energy, early baby mm-hmm. boomer dad energy, which is what you and I, uh, our fathers are in. Um, that makes a ton of sense for George and for what he's writing. And it's not just uh, you can't go to the high school dance energy. It's something deeper uh, and something even even with New Hope, where, where George doesn't know all the little details of the stories, doesn't know, you know, doesn't know there's a Kenobi series coming out on Disney Plus uh, 45 years later. Um, it, it does work of just like um I think I think what you're explaining, Joseph, uh, so well, it really, 
makes me understand my, my own justice for Owen kind of vibes I have on the show a lot, which is, <laughs> yeah. I think it's important to say he may have made some choices again, based out of fear and, and, and made some mistakes at the end or all through the journey, but it's okay to learn from that. And it's okay to see, Hey, I like this character. I like his intentions, but this was done wrong. And I think it's important to, to storytelling to be able to learn from these characters. And, and so uh, I want more from Owen and I want more of him struggling. And I'd love, again, we're not trying to erase brew from this at all. We could do an entire episode on our thoughts on her and maybe we should, but like, and we probably will as the show goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, but her representing hope, different side, classical, softer energy versus classical, tougher energy in your ride. And that's something that we still struggle. Something my father and I still struggle. We don't communicate well and, and, and what it's supposed to be. And Owen's doing what he thinks he's supposed to be at this time. And, and we'll see how, we'll see if there's anything else to it. Anyways, I probably went off, off the path there a little bit. No, no, not at all. Question. Yeah. And I think your, your story about you and your sister's different life experiences are, is, mm-hmm so important because I think that is an instinct that any sort of parent or uh, mentor figure, parental figure can have is just, um, Hey, there's stuff in that room that's scary. So (laughs) just don't go in there. And sometimes that works great. And people go, I won't go in that room. And other times people go, well, then I'm going in that room. If there's something that fascinating, you can't stop me. Uh, and I feel like that's, I think that's, what's interesting to me too. If you kind of, um, compare these own thoughts to some of the debate about how did Kenobi handle the truth of who Luke's mm-hmm. father is. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think Michael's presenting something that's perfectly balanced of he was wonderful, but he made some mistakes and what can we learn from your father? <laughs> so uh, yeah. is, and how do you, what parts of your father's legacy do you want to embrace Luke? Let's talk mm-hmm. about it. It's all so great, but I feel like, you know, the truth of Anakin is this scary room and Owen's like, there's nothing in that room. Don't even, it's not even interesting. Forget about that room. That room doesn't exist. And I think Kenobi knows I can't just shove him into that room. So I'm going to open the door just a little. I'm going to, I'm going to tell him this truth that his father was all these wonderful things. Mm. I'm going to give him the part of Anakin that he can look up to and aspire to. Mm. And, you know, slowly begin this journey and people still, uh, you know, I think uh, have strong opinions and think Kenobi should have told him the the full truth. But to me, that's what it's about. Anakin and Vader are a scary room (laughs) that Luke has to go into sometimes, sometime. And Owen's like, that door is sealed. Don't go in there. And Kenobi opens it a crack. And then Luke goes through and finds out everything for himself. I got to tell you, I love that. I got to tell you, I, yeah, it's fun to have the discussions around Force uh, Ghost sitting, Log sitting, Kenobi and Return of the Jedi and, and to go, why didn't he give the whole thing? I love having those discussions. And again, Dan for you, Dan for don't. But what you're, what you're talking about is a fun example. The scary room, Kenobi saying, I know you got to go into that room. Let me just open it and let's, let's take our first steps into a larger journey <laughs> is almost the middle ground of, of maybe what's going on here. Again, I'm not saying Baru is like, Oh, and just tell him everything and we'll see what I'm not saying that we don't know the details of that or if we're going to get the details of that conversation. Anyways, I, I just really love that. It's a great way to look at it uh, of, of Kenobi's purpose as well as trying to, you know, he's got this bit of a mandate and uh, mission that he's trying to complete as well. And, and where yeah. does he find that balance? Yeah. And how does he begin help Luke begin this journey? It will be fun to continue to debate and very interested in, in uh, the own content we're going to get. I mean, mm-hmm. Man, just just the the one sick Owen Byrne, like you taught his father, has set the internet alight. So I I can't wait <laughs> uh, for the full Kenobi roast hosted by Owen Lars. Uh, 
Any other thoughts before we move on to our final question? No, I, I do want to go to, to the back room, belly room of the comedy store and see that uh, roast <laughs> battle with Owen and Kenobi. Like sure. a taught his father. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Uh, all right. Thank you, uh, Michael, for such a great uh, question, a great thought starter. Move on to our final question from Ben Potter. Ben says, let's talk montages. Do you guys prefer pre-battle or post-victory montages? What is your favorite? And are there other Star Wars montages I'm not thinking of? Ken, where do you go to, with this for your favorite montages? I Well, first of all, I was trying to, I didn't have time to watch every movie or show to get, um, Oh, get the montages done, and I didn't. I didn't even Google it. Perhaps there's a good list or future Star Wars ranked in which we'll address this. But this is a great question, Ben. I love this because uh, it is definitely part of it. And and I'll say, I gotta say, my favorite one, maybe because it's so recent, Rise of Skywalker. The pre-battle montage is it's almost my favorite because it's almost too self-aware. Like it's mm-hmm. like a we're gonna do a montage. It's it's a South Park song right here, uh, and it has a level of just delicious star wars selliness to it that would have just absolutely made my childhood by the way it would have mm-hmm. been just like oh and then they're leaping over the a-wing and, uh, and their snap i would have loved this as i was seven or eight so therefore because of that i think i love it with a bit of a wink and a nod now where it's not like my favorite segment uh, section of that movie but it's just like yeah going to war and we're going to save the day and it needs this montage therefore i kind of love that one yeah, I mean, I think that was one that that came to my mind uh, of uh, two favorites is that pre-battle. I think you're right. It is almost shot like it is a, you know, promo video for joining the resistance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I think that's a part of um, what forms different opinions about Rise of Skywalker. I think it wears it, its heart on its sleeve which is what you're right. talking about. And that works for some people and it totally doesn't for others in, in terms of a, a, a kind of storytelling. That scene in the specific line of everybody getting ready to fight over, you know, Poe and Finn's speech, but in particular the line, you know, what our mothers and fought for, fathers fought for, we will not let die. Mm. Uh, that chokes me up almost every time. Uh, you know, the sequel trilogy has been about legacy and do you, uh, are you haunted? Like, kylo by the past and want to push it all away or ray who feels like she can't move forward unless she fully understands her own past or are there wonderful things that that were done and that legacy should be you know uh, kept alive and that i think is kind of what that is about and by the time that that is ending and you know the tent of you four is ascending yeah it's it's just it's fist pumping to me mm-hmm. so i've Really love that. Um, and then the the post-battle Endor is, is hard to beat. Um, yeah, yeah. Both the original of, you know, just the the drumming on the helmets. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, Wedge uh, gets acknowledged by multiple main characters. <laughs> yeah. Lori yeah. Marco dancing in the background. And I include in that the special edition. I really, really love the scene that this is a victory felt across the entire galaxy. Uh, so, I mean, Rise of Skywalker one is great too, uh, but for me, the Endor one is is you know a little bit closer to my heart because I lived with it for so long. Yeah, that's a that's a great answer there. I've grown to appreciate the Phantom Menace one more and more because it used to be a uh, making fun of point of the peace the peace orb. 
uh, <laughs> man, this and that. And I it just love the music. I mean, the, the Star Wars ranked intro song uh, that Tony Thaxton put together, clearly, obviously inspired by that. And then the outro music is inspired by Ewoks and March and Celebrate. And so your answer, I really, uh, really love that one, too. And yeah, it's just fun. It's a great question, Ben, because it got me really thinking of uh, all the little montages there. Yeah, and we will definitely have to do a deeper dive on montages. I think the other big one that is not uh, pre-battle or post-battle is mid-tragedy, and that's Order 66. I think that's, <laughs> yeah. uh, in, <laughs> that is, I, I would say, the most brutal montage in yeah. all of Star Wars of uh, which Jedi died on which planet and how. <laughs> yeah, I, I, so, I, it's, so I had uh, Revenge of Sith playing uh, in the living room on Sunday, uh, and, you know, it was... Um, you know, you, you you know the movie so much, so you, you come in and out and you're doing chores, you're doing errands, whatever. So I was making a little dinner, making some good vegan corn dogs, by the way. They tasted so good. I was so happy. And then, at my point being, I was in a good mood. And then I heard, Commander Cody, now's the execute order 66. And I literally, I was like, I have to, I have to watch this. And it's like, what, is it hurt so good? It just hurts so good. It does. It does. And the more that the individual characters are explored the more the individual planets like Plo Koon going down over Kato Nimodia like it's yeah. it, it it has even more punch after the Brotherhood novel spent so much time on that planet you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's good yeah. stuff so yeah. that that's a a powerful <laughs> montage it is it is and, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and the, the final note I'll say the the resistance theme is a perfect Star Wars pre-battle montage score that dun, 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 like you get ah, you're excited yeah, no, I mean that. I I should uh, cue that up uh, for when I'm trying to uh, exercise. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gotta tell you, my friend, you and I are carpooling down, and that's all. All only c- CDs I have in my car because I have a car from 2002 is the sequel trilogy soundtrack. So we're gonna crank up that resistance theme. Yeah, and we can pretend we're buzzing the lake on Taco Donna. <laughs> yeah, that'll be great. Uh, well, those are our questions. Uh, thank you to Ben and Michael and Tony and Paul. All really great, really fun questions. Uh, can't wait to get into uh, probably a, a new era of questions as Kenobi rolls out. We've got a bunch uh, more still great questions on both Twitter and Patreon coming up. But if you would like to uh, submit a question, if you're a patron, uh, we you can go under our posts and you'll see that there is a uh, in an individual post asking for questions. So feel free to add them there. And if you'd like to ask, ask us a question on Twitter, it is our pinned tweet on at four center pod. Go ahead, dive in and ask us a question. Ken, uh, that is it for the questions. That is it. We want to remind you, if you're going to Star Wars Celebration, we can't wait to see you. We'll give you some fist bumps, some elbow bumps. We're going to be safe, but we're going to have a lot of fun celebrating with all of you there. You can uh, see us on uh, Thursday, 2 p.m. the podcast stage. We'll be guests, Joseph and I, on the Star Wars Explained podcast with Alex and Molly Damon. Going to be a lot of fun discussing a bunch bunch of favorite things there, news drops, uh, favorite background characters, things like that. Going to be great. Uh, And then uh, we are going to ask you to follow us on social media or just pay attention. We'll update you. We're looking Saturday, about 4 o'clock, somewhere on the convention floor, on the campus there, doing a Force Center meetup for a little bit. We'll update you. We're just going to want to get our feet on the ground and see what will work best. But Saturday, 4 p.m. if you're going there. So to... uh, Get that updated information. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We're available on a lot of different spots, including ACAST, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And you can support us directly if you so choose at patreon.com slash 
or center. Uh, you uh, can follow me at Ken Napsock or go to my website, KenNapsock.com for more information. Got a big comedy show coming up on June 4th after celebration at the Troubadour. Ticket information on the website. Joseph, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm going to try to be uh, posting a few more uh, not unboxing videos of my Star Wars action figures. I'm sure I'm going to be going action figure crazy during celebration. We'll see how the hotel Wi-Fi holds up for that. Uh, So check me out there if you'd like to. And you can uh, find links to all my other adventures on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. Com. Uh, and like Ken said, I'm really looking forward uh, to seeing uh, fans at the convention. I uh, hope everyone has a wonderful time and we will see you at celebration, right? Absolutely. All right. That is it then. The questions of the force have been answered for now. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.